Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of Parrot Truth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And today is our New Year's episode. Uh, I'm dubbing it Happy New Year, Paratruth style. Um, so we've had a lot of great stuff going on this year. Uh, we had season seven. Uh, we had a huge, um, I guess, time off if you want to call it that. Uh, and then we started the new season with the holiday season and uh, we've had a lot of great things going on. So today we wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, and we're going to include somebody new and, uh, into the, the podcast we've never done with it with him before, but Eric, I wanted to give it to you so you can kind of introduce people as to why we're doing this. Yeah. So, I mean, over this past several years, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about ghosts and hauntings in general. And we even had a couple of guests on who had done books on like uh, uh, doctors and hospitals that were haunted or doctors have seen hauntings, um, hospitals that are haunted, uh, first responders that have been haunted to some degree. Uh, And I think over the years, you and I have come across actually a significant amount of interesting research and evidence that has shown that first responders tend to for some reason have a weird connection to the paranormal and we're talking about police uh emts and firefighters in particular and i I think for the most part it seems like the emts tend to have the most hauntings or experience the most type of paranormal activity uh for numerous Mm -hmm. reasons and you know, we found that a lot of this has probably got to do with uh, people who've died on shift, uh, ambulances being haunted, uh, being so close to that type of uh, uh, of situation in which there's life death situations on a frequent basis, uh, and so much negative energy happening on a frequent basis uh, that they kind of open themselves up to these things uh, unknowingly and unwillingly, uh, and end up in this kind of haunting uh, situation. And so I thought it'd be really cool to actually have, because we haven't had an actual EMT uh, slash firefighter on before. And my brother-in-law, Jordan, happens to be a firefighter. He's worked as an EMT uh, for many years now. Um, And so we wanted to reach out to him, see if he's interested in joining us, talking about some of his experiences in the paranormal, which he has had uh, quite a few, actually. Uh, and sure enough, he was willing to. And we finally found some time to sit down and do this. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and give him a call and just talk about his experiences a bit and talk about ghosts. So ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce you to my brother-in-law, Jordan. Jordan, welcome to Paratruth Radio. How are you doing today? Doing great. Hello, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) So, Justin and I, we were just talking about this, uh, but over the last few years, uh, we've had a lot of experience in our research in which we've noticed uh, EMTs, firefighters, police officers, first responders who have seemed to become either haunted or have had paranormal experiences on a regular basis since starting work as a first responder. Uh, and we've gone through a couple of books. Uh, we've had guests on who have written books on these type of things. And I thought it would be really cool because you and I have talked about this kind of thing a lot. Uh, and you you were concerned and even believe that maybe some of your own paranormal experiences are related to your time as, EM, as an EMT uh, working the ambulance and going through, you know, so, so much energy negative energy especially uh on some of your calls uh, and we just kind of wanted to sit back and talk about and, and really just get your kind of opinion and view on the type of things that you've witnessed in terms of paranormal uh 
experiences. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. So I guess, yeah, give everybody a little bit of a background of where you're coming from. Um, like your, your professional background, have you had paranormal experiences, all that stuff? All right. Yeah, no, I, uh, I've been working in the field for nine years, uh, a little bit of part-time and then full-time proceeded a little bit later. Um, I've had experiences, I'd say pretty early, pretty early on in my career and they're not all the time, but they're definitely, definitely occur more than, more than normal. I'd say, um, sometimes they're negative, sometimes they're positive. I guess it all just depends on the situation, but yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of, (laughs) definitely a lot of things I can, I can kind of go over with you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. So did you notice, like, I know you said you, these experiences kind of started early on in your career, but have you had any paranormal experiences prior to starting your career? Yeah, I had, uh, I had some paranormal experiences started prior to that. Um, actually particularly at my grandparents' house. Um, my grandmother died and we used to go over my grandpa's house every Friday, every other Friday. And we, we would clean it. Me and my mom, my brother, we would just clean for him and help him out, cook him dinner. Well, lights would flicker all the time, and vacuums would turn on and go go around by themselves. Go to open a door, and a door would just pop open. Or if I go to close the door, the door would close by itself. Hmm. I had stuff like that. Did kind of a little bit of my own thing. Uh, I used to go around graveyards and try to hold sessions here and there, and maybe try to communicate. And uh, I've had things like trees shaking or bushes shaking violently or little kid laughter throughout the graveyards. And, but that's that's about what I've experienced beforehand. Okay. So with doing the job and and having those experiences, when you, when you were first starting, did you think, oh, hey, you know, this this might be something that would happen to me? Had you heard stories about it before? Uh, from other um, coworkers or anything like that. Oh yeah, I you know I've worked. I would say prior to this, I have friends that were in the field prior to me getting in the field. There's always been stories, and then definitely, I've worked at four different places, and every single place seemed haunted to me. And everybody I know that works at a fire station or a firehouse, there's some kind of story, you know, whether it be a big story or just be something something small, not not really catching your eye but there's i would have to say firehouses themselves seem to be haunted Hmm. yeah it's really interesting we've actually come across that ourselves in in our research uh a lot of firehouses that have been haunted and ambulances themselves being haunted as well uh we've heard stories of like the same spirit sitting in the back of the ambulance day after day while people are on call uh and some of these emts would mostly see it while driving or while working on somebody uh, on the way to the hospital, which is just really crazy to think. Um, and it's weird because some some of those stories have, have, like you said, have been positive and some have been negative. Um, and I find that really intriguing in a way because you have to wonder what these spirits are or where they're coming from. Um, but in regards to your own experiences, if I'm not mistaken, you and I have talked about it where you tend to notice more things happening or more uh, whatever it is, whatever it might be, shadows or seeing things, seeing somebody uh, when you're a little more stressed out than you are when you're more relaxed, correct? Correct. So with that said, because um, I know a lot of these experiences are out, have happened outside of work in your own home. But do you find at all at any time, and I know it's a lot, but you're also very aware, your job makes you very aware, but while you're on call where you happen to see something like this or experience some type of activity while you're heading out to, you know, such and such to help somebody or maybe on the way back, or is most of this located generally around the house when you're off work? Well, I I, I mean, there's, there's a couple different things. I mean, <clears throat> so when we go on like a dramatic event in somebody's life or a family member's life or whatever it may be, whether it's a bad thing, positive thing, I'm not really sure, but it's almost like you could feel a negative energy come off of that situation. Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate event of somebody dying, it, it's kind of almost amplified. And 
I'm not sure if it plays anything with like maybe how that person was in life or whatnot, but I know I could tell you this when I go home after everything, might not happen right away. It might not happen a week later, but every now and then I'll start feeling things. I'll start kind of seeing shadow people. I'll hear people say my name. Um, lights will go on and off. Um, you know, I, I told you, Eric, there's been times where change has been kind of thrown down the stairs of my right. top of my second floor down my stairs. Um, I can tell you that <laughs> my firehouse, particularly the one I work at, we believe it's haunted because, uh, one of the gentlemen that I work with, I haven't seen it, but one of the gentlemen I work with seen uh, a lady walking around in like a nightgown that mm-hmm. night. Um, our lights flicker on and off all the time with nobody touching them. Our ambulance seems to always want to break down, never working. Mm-hmm. Things are always go wrong on it. Things are missing. So, I'm, I would have to say that a lot of that, I don't know if it's coincidence, but I would definitely tell you, it seems paranormal to me. Oh, for sure. And I like, and I've, I mean, you know, I've experienced some things in your house as well. Um, actually, like when you guys first moved in with the door slamming shut. Um, right. And it was one of those things where, you know, Ellie came out and said, oh, that was, that must have just been like the other door that was open and there was a draft. But I know for a fact that the back door was closed and this your door leading to 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 the foyer um, or that back porch area uh, was wide open and didn't just slam shut. And then mm-hmm. maybe a minute later, Ellie walks in through the front door. I was like, well, that's just weird. Um, but something like that happened. And then just a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, sleeping on the couch uh, and it was it was just weird because i was i was awake i woke up there were no cats around no animals but i had the blanket up over my face because it was kind of cold that night and then all of a sudden the blanket was just pulled down off of my face um and i checked immediately like where where's the cat but there's no cat around not on me or anything like that it was one of those is just another experience, you know, of this paranormal uh, kind of haunting, which doesn't seem uh, facetious by any means. I don't think it seems negative necessarily, uh, but it seems more like a trickster spirit uh, in your house, if indeed right. there is one. Um, right. Yeah. You know what? We actually we talked to the neighbors and the gentleman that may have died here. He said, "Oh, wow. just like him." Oh, that's really interesting. Trickster in, in life. Yeah. So he's actually like a trickster in life. Yeah. So, and that's, that's cool. That's like one of the big things I think when it comes to, to research and trying to figure out what might be the cause of a haunting or who might be a, the cause of a haunting is finding out uh, the personalities of the people who lived there prior. Because uh, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that it was that it's this guy there. But if the guy who lived there previously was a trickster of, in his own nature, he might have been able to... Uh, open door to or influence another spirit that was also a trickster spirit or poltergeist type spirit. Um, well, Eric, let me ask you something really quick. Yeah. Um, have you done any type of like base EMF detection or anything in their house? Sure. Yeah. I did a little bit and actually Jordan and I did a bit, uh, ourselves just messing around and I, no, Jordan, actually, you just mentioned it yesterday that you did one, and you would notice that one day, we'll just say day one, which was just not long ago, uh, you had took some readings, and it was kind of jumping off, uh, mm-hmm. jumping around quite a bit, Right. and then you did a reading the following day, and there was nothing. It was just flatline. Um, right. And that's one of those things where there's so many theories out there as to what that could be. You know, it could be a ghost. It absolutely could be. It could also be, uh, the magnetic field the energy from the magnetic field of the earth shifting slightly. Um, you know, but the magnetic field in the earth does move a little bit. Uh, and sometimes you get more activity or more energy in one spot. And then as the earth rotates and they change, you get energy in another spot uh, and it seems to move, but yeah. And that's the problem I think with the science behind the, investigating the paranormal is that it's really it really is a science you know and there's more questions than there are answers and we have to really try our best to debunk the situation in order to narrow out uh narrow down what what really is the cause of this thing Um, well that's why i ask because i mean it is an older house so is there any 
any EMF coming from any outlets or anything or anything like that. I mean, no, obviously, if you did one one day and then one the next day, one you had EMF, one you didn't, obviously, there right. probably wouldn't be. But Well, and, you know, that was something that we all checked early on, Jordan, but you pretty much went around and fixed everything that was could have been a potential right yeah i mean the house was built in 1940 it was a such a like a almost like a hunting shack back in the day which had multiple add-ons um i, I fixed mm-hmm. pretty much almost everything in this house and you know i would get an emf reading in one room at low very low and then i don't know maybe two three days later i start feeling kind of weird and then i'd, I'd pull it pull it back out and it'd be a high reading so i'm not really sure what could be causing that yeah Right. Well, and it's it's one of those things where it's very like that house is very feeling based, like feel like in it's almost emotion based emotionally on where you're standing because like I know Ellie, right. my sister, one room can feel everyone. different than another. Right. Like she's petrified to go into the attic. Um, mm-hmm. And I know her and my dad. I don't think they've done it yet, but they're supposed to put fans in or something, right, Jordan? Or right? Yeah, they or haven't something. done it yet, but yeah. So. It, she she was saying a couple of weeks ago that her and my dad are supposed to do it. It's a father daughter thing, and then she's like, "Oh, but Eric has to come here and help." And I'm like, "I thought this was a father daughter thing. I don't want to be there." And she's like, "Well, <laughs> want to go in the attic alone? It might be haunted, and I need you to be there just in case." I'm like, "Okay, so that's, that's interesting." Um, and depending right. on where where you are in that house, yeah, I mean, you do see experience certain things um at certain times it's, and it's not always the same room you know it might it kind of moves to um depending on where you're at but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i could tell you i mean i've worked like i said four different places and just another story from another place i worked we had an old fire chief that passed away and uh they always guys would always joke say ah oh, this place is haunted he haunts this place and i'm like yeah whatever well I always sleep on the couch on the second floor. There's obviously stairs going up to the second floor. So I'd be sleeping there at night and all of a sudden I hear footsteps and I'm like, all right, come on, stop messing with me. So I'd open the door, there'd be nobody there. And then I close the door, footsteps again. And then he always <laughs> liked to smoke cigars and cigarettes. So you'd get a whiff of cigar or cigarette smoke every now and then. And uh, we have air packs, which, you know, helps us breathe. Obviously we put them on when we go on the house fires. And uh, they have alarms on them. But the only way to turn the alarm on would be to turn the air back on. And it's kind of hard to do if uh, if you're not alive. Let's just put it that way. So, <clears throat> and middle of the night, the, freak, the, the, air, the alarms on all the air packs would start going off. And we'd go down there and we'd be like, what the heck is going on? And they're barely, they're barely cracked open. So, <laughs> definitely made me a believer on that part. But yeah, maybe he is here still. So. <laughs> it would be interesting to do a, a full-on investigation there it's been a long time since i've done one and mm-hmm. if we have a house where we can actually get in without actually having to contact people to do it <laughs> yeah i know i know where i work now it's uh we have five fire stations and every fire station i work at has a story of the paranormal going on whether it's they see red eyes or they see like a actual full full uh, body apparition mm-hmm. the lights are going on and off or if they hear noises you know i don't i've never had an experience like in an actual truck but i could tell i mean it does seem like sometimes when things go missing on those trucks like somebody you know it's not something that we would normally normally not replace or restock or you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. this seems very strange at, at that moment that that thing we need is not there <laughs> <laughs> But then shows up. Then shows up ten minutes later. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: In all of those firehouses, were those any of those buildings something else before they were a firehouse, or are they just really old firehouses that have been kept up over the no, years? No, no, they're they are very old firehouses. Okay, um, they were never anything else. We actually the one we sold, and now it's like an Italian club, and okay. uh, we built a new firehouse a couple of streets couple streets away and the Italian club that's there now still has, they still say there's stuff going on there. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. 
One thing I wanted to kind of uh, roll with that you mentioned earlier, Jordan, was that you had said sometimes when you have a really bad call and it's somebody's life that happens uh, to leave them, you know, and someone passes away, you, you can sometimes end up seeing shadow people over the course of a couple mm-hmm. of days, a few days after that. Uh, what's really interesting in not just some of our own investigations and talking with people, but even uh, my own grandfather, for example, um, there's this idea or this belief that people see shadow people right before or not long before they pass away. And that's not saying that, you know, you see a shadow person and that's a warning. But what's interesting about it is that you're seeing shadow people after someone passes away. And it's like, you in this way you have or in a way you have this ability it would seem uh something that's opened up to allow you to see through this kind of portal for a short distance uh, because you're so close to that because you're so close to to it to death in general um you kind of i think a lot of first responders kind of get an opportunity which which may not be a great opportunity but an opportunity (laughs) nonetheless to kind of see the other side uh, uh, and experience the things that these other people are experiencing, even if they're not relatable to you. Um, and I just thought it was really interesting. I wanted to bring that up because I thought it was interesting that you see shadow people afterwards when shadow people is such a common thing uh, when it involves death. Uh, and, and the same thing happens with like black people seeing black dogs and um, other black masses uh, and things like that. Just really in- intriguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've, I've been at work before. Where I'm like, I don't, know, I don't know if it's like sleep paralysis or what, but I like open my eyes and I can't move, and there's there's like a black figure at the end of my bed, and they're reaching their arms out at me, and I can't mm-hmm. do anything about it. I've been at my old home, not my new home, my old home, where I I've seen things out of the corner of my eye, or I felt like there's something watching me. You know, my dogs are going crazy. They're barking at nothing. My cats are staring at something, but there's nothing there. Same experiences at my new house. I feel like people are, I feel like I hear people say my name. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have, I have some guys that I'm friends with, and they're like, we've actually seen medians because they felt like people were attached to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, medians kind of said more or less like in a traumatic event or kind of like a tragedy itself, if person that passes away and you're the you're the last person they came in contact with or you're the last person that they're like visualizing at that point they can essentially come in contact with you or attach on to you hmm. that's exactly it they were you know his wife was getting attacked at home when he wasn't there um, there's scratch marks on her um, you know he would be at home he'd be taking a shower and all of a sudden the lights would just shut off that's what he said you know i went and saw a media and she, I, she has no knowledge of me, no knowledge of what I do, no knowledge of anything. And she described a young boy that passed away in my care. I was the last person to have him in my arms. And she said that he attached himself to me. And she helped him move on to another, the other side. And then, like, you know, this stuff doesn't happen again. Hmm. You know, I, and then I have another coworker who said that he felt like he was carrying around like a, like a, just a ton of bricks all the time. Like he felt like his feet were, you know, just cement. He was walking and he just felt, just felt crummy all the time. Well, he called, he ended up getting in contact with the medium too, who knew nothing about him. And, uh, she, she says, yeah, well, there's multiple people in your home right now. And she was able to describe who they were, describe what they looked like. And he goes, yeah, I, he used to work in an emergency room. He goes, yeah, I remember those people exactly in the emergency room when they passed away. So, I definitely think that spirits can attach themselves. And I, it'd be foolish for me to say that it hasn't happened to me because it obviously has with everything going on with the shadow people and the voices. Mm. Well, let's take a moment because you did mention um, sleep paralysis. And this is something I've experienced in the past. And I don't know if you heard yesterday, I was telling a story to Ellie. Uh, to both my sisters and my mom at your house. Um, But I had a sleep paralysis incident Christmas Eve night. Uh, That was really creepy. But 
and I can I'll go into that in a little bit. But have you noticed at all when you have the sleep paralysis? Do you also uh, tend to have nightmares or night terrors during those episodes? Oh or? yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Definitely. See. It's really interesting to me because there are a lot of people out there, uh, science-based people, uh, logical people, and it makes sense. I understand why, but there's a lot of logical science-based quote-unquote facts as to why people have sleep paralysis. Uh, but what's really interesting to me is when we do have sleep paralysis, those of us who witness the shadow creatures or people uh, or whatever it is holding us down, you know, we see their faces in a way, we see their arms, their bodies, the weight, um, and we get that fear factor, you know, we, we it's dread. And that's a normal uh, response uh, by the body and by the mind to anyone with sleep paralysis. But I think what's really interesting about it is when they're connected to nightmares and night terrors on top of that, because, again, in my experience, when you're having sleep paralysis, that's all it really is, is sleep paralysis. But when you're having sleep paralysis along with these nightmares, then it's like there's something much more happening. There's something spiritual even happening. Um, and so like a Christmas Eve night, for example, it's been a while since I've had any type of experiences, sleep paralysis-wise, but I had three episodes. I woke up three times, and all three times was sleep paralysis, and it felt like uh, something or somebody was pushing down on my legs and my left arm, and I could see them, uh, and I wasn't scared. You know, I wasn't one of the, I've had it so often that it's not like I freak out or anything. I just fight it until I can break free. Um, but after the third time, I actually started praying and just... And then I started commanding whatever it was that it doesn't belong there. It can't bother me, shouldn't bother me. And I eventually had a night terror that night. And what was really interesting, actually, Justin, you'll find this really weird, too. Um, me and my sisters were, for some reason, we're at this house and we're going to talk to somebody who was ill, I think. Uh, I don't know if they're mentally ill, physically ill. You know, I don't know. But we were there um, to help them as like a a voluntary thing uh and it was really weird this house was really just it was a mess it was destroyed there's trash everywhere uh it didn't look like some type of you know hospital that you would go to or some type of uh mental home or something that you would go help out at but we could hear this guy that we we're going to help screaming at the top of his lungs he was screaming at somebody uh, and he was arguing, and the guy who was uh, introducing us said, don't worry about him, he'll be fine when you go up there to meet him. Well, the arguing intensified, and then there was a gunshot, and this guy committed suicide. Well, Ellie wanted to run up to see this guy, and me and Aaron held her back. And as we were doing that, because she wanted to, you know, she wanted to help this dude, and as we were doing that, this little girl shows up. She jumps out of the shadows and grabs Aaron by the arm and pulls her into the house, and she disappears and me and Ellie are chasing after her uh, and finally locate her in a bedroom and we can see this girl we grab onto air and we pull her back and this little girl is hiding behind the door in the shadow we can't see her well and all of a sudden she like jumps towards us and her face is distorted it has like these bluish black veins all over it. her eyes are black her skin is pale uh and then all of a sudden, for some reason, this <laughs> sounds crazy and weird, but I start growling at her in the nightmare, right? Or in this night terror. I start growling for some reason. And then I wake up and I wake up and I'm in real life and I'm actually growling. I'm physically growling as I awake. And it was the weirdest, creepiest thing that has ever happened in one of my night terrors. Um, I've woke up praying before, but waking up growling was interesting. And I kind of have this feeling and this idea that whatever it was that was attacking me that night, if there was something, it was trying to do more than just persuade me, almost as if it was trying to get in. You know what I mean? Um, and it was a really freaking creepy experience. Um, and nothing's happened since Christmas Eve night, but it's definitely one of those things that have been on my mind ever since. You know, whatever it was or why for whatever reason i had this experience is beyond me but it's so scary <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i i agree man like i almost wonder if the this, this sleep paralysis thing like i feel like 
every now and then somebody's gonna, we're going to get through paralysis at some point in our lives. Right. So I feel like, okay, whatever. But what my, in my experience is like something is physically standing over me and trying to reach out and grab me. And like, I truly feel like at that moment that yeah, something paranormal is going on because I feel like maybe the paranormal are using that as to paralysis as a way to communicate. Mm-hmm. You know, you're vulnerable, can't do anything. You know, realistically, you're fighting your own, you're fighting your own mind to wake up. But For sure. I never woke up praying or anything like that before. I've, I've woken up screaming. I've woken up with large, like my arms hurting or my, you know, like a mark or two on my arm, but something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different theories about yeah, sleep paralysis too. Like I don't, I, I like your, your idea on it, Eric, that there are two different kinds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely for anybody that ever experienced it. It's not fun. It's, <laughs> Very scary. They wake up. You're you're thrown off. Your whole day is just thrown off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some. What are some of the experiences that you've had in in the buildings themselves? I, I mean, you've talked about on the truck stuff going missing, um, but you said all five buildings that you're a part of or have been to um, have had experiences. So tell us a little bit about those. Okay. Yeah. Um, I said so. The oldest building that we have. Um, it's probably, honestly, probably the creepiest building that we have. Um, and the basement seems to be where all the activity goes on. So, ironically enough, our weight room is in the basement. So, some guys one day went down there to go work out, and it's pitch black down there unless you turn a light on at all times during the day. It's just the way it is. There's no light that gets down there. And, uh, you know, they turn the corner, go to walk downstairs, and there's just red eyes looking at them. And they're like, okay. And they actually snapped a picture of it. And uh, if you guys want, I can try to get a copy of that picture. But they actually snapped a picture of the red eyes looking at them. Um, that's that's our oldest station. Um, our My station on that, like I told you, guys have seen what, uh, an old lady walking around. Um, like I said, I haven't actually seen that. But um, lights go on and off all the time. The other station, it's built right next to a graveyard. So nobody's really sure if it's like built on top of anything that shouldn't be built on top of. But they've been getting like just weird noises, people talking in the station, lights going on and off. Um, the other two stations that we have, they're newer, but when they were the old stations before the new ones were built. Um, Almost it's the same thing. Unexplained noises, uh, voices, lights going on and off. So it's kind of like a common theme. I mean, nothing's like really out of the ordinary or mm-hmm. like something that would really spook you other than mm-hmm. at my station where that, like I said, that lady's been seen walking around. She's like completely white. It's almost, um, it says she almost looks like she's glowing. So <laughs> I would kind of like to see that, but at the same time, I feel like I'd be scared of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you really shouldn't um, probably I know, like, wish for those late, events. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, like, late at night, if I'm doing a report, um, I've had a couple of times where um, the hallway behind me, it sounds like somebody's walking really heavy with boots on, you know? So, mm-hmm. I would, I mean, I would like to get in touch with the medium. Uh, I know Eric Eric's has uh, reservations on that one. <laughs> but uh, I'd like to get in t- contact with the medium just to see if something you know, personally is attached to me or whatnot. Right. Right. I think, and I know we've talked about this before, the reasons as to, you know, why or why you shouldn't contact the medium. But I think like overall, the the biggest thing is um, the reputation, you know, because there are so many fakes out there who are just, they just want, they're doing this for money, you know, um, mm. and there are so many little indications that you throw towards the sea. They're very good at reading people. And there's so many little indications, uh, that you throw at them that they can kind of pick up on. And then they can actually manipulate the stories 
in such a way that it influences you to believe what they're what they're saying and be like, oh yeah, that 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 is that's right. That that's what it is, you know. Um, and it's very much more of a they're more like psychologists in a way, uh, in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there are mediums out there who who are legitimate. And actually, we just Justin and I just did a show not too long ago uh, with a couple of friends of ours who who are legitimate mediums and who have talked about the same thing. Uh, they are out there. We have connections to some of these people. But you also have to be ready for like what it is they're going to share because most mediums are going to be pretty open and forward um, with their information. And that could mm-hmm. be a good thing, but it could also be a negative thing. Um, it can possibly shut a door, but it could also possibly open a door. Um, and those are all things that's that what you I'm really worried have about. To... <laughs> right. And that's, that's, that's why I, open one of the main reasons why I kind of try my best to keep, lead you away from that, doing, going that route. But, um, and I know my sister isn't too too thrilled with the thought of it. <laughs> She's no, scared. She definitely, my wife yeah. definitely does not want me to do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it is intriguing. I mean, I've thought about it myself. You know, uh, I mean, I've talked to mediums in the past, especially through this sh- not this show, uh, but one of our older shows uh, that we had years ago. Uh, we've had mediums on, and we've had people call in and they do things and. It is. There's things that they've said that are really interesting. In fact, Justin, you remember that uh, the animal medium mm-hmm. uh, that we yep, had on? Like, okay, yep. oh, that, was, that was like long. Oh my gosh, that was when we first started. Yeah. But that seemed pretty legitimate. She was saying stuff about my dog Angus that was really interesting. Um, but like the more you think about it, like she 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 knew the moment that I told her, uh, you know, what about this dog? She knew that there was something wrong, and she could have easily said anything to, to be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, this dog he's asking about, he's sick. You know, it, this is why, and such and such." Uh, and the problem is, we don't really have any real way to credit or discredit these people um, because they give you just enough information to sound legitimate while withholding a significant amount that would give one hundred percent like. This is the fact. This is this is this, this woman's true person is true. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Right. It's one of those things you got to do your research. You know. Yeah. Right. No. Like, like I said, like that one guy that I know, he called that lady on the phone, and she you know nothing about him, and all of a sudden she knows that they're spirits. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. in his house, like, describing them almost perfectly as he remembered them when they passed away. Right. Yeah, but for somebody who's a believer, I mean, somebody can randomly guess that you have to be, I agree with Eric, you do have to be careful, especially if they're um, what they call cold reading you. Well, I'm getting somebody with a name that starts with a G. Oh, it's Gary, Gary. Oh, yeah, it's Gary. Gary's talking to me right now. Yeah, no, that, that stuff is the most least legitimate thing that I've ever heard in my life. Um, there was a gentleman psychic who was on the TV who will remain nameless just because I I don't feel like getting contacted by him, but, um, you know, he would use that method. There are other psychics out there that will use that method or what you would call quote unquote psychics. And I don't think it's a legitimate way of doing a reading, but, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that you really have to talk to people that have had readings from other people or people that you're, you're looking into and that sort of a thing. And I do agree with Eric with one thing. It, it can open a doorway just like if you're doing a Ouija board or if you're doing paranormal investigation, you are really opening that door for yourself to have something even remotely connect to you. Um, so yeah, you have to be really careful and I agree with that. Yeah. I almost thought like when I used to go to the graveyard and stuff and I, I almost feel like something was connected to me for, I mean, I had freaking bad luck for, I can't tell you how long, you know, things would happen to me. Things that normally wouldn't happen to me, uh, feeling like just angry all the time. It's like, I almost felt like something connected itself to me. I learned a lesson, you know, (laughs) right. Like should be doing this well i mean a lot of people if you don't know what you're doing 
Right. A lot of people don't realize that the the spiritual can affect the physical. And I mean, again, there's theories upon theories about that, but it, it's one of those things where even, and Eric and I have talked about this, um, people that have mental illness and how spiritual can affect that regardless of whether they are me- truly mentally ill or if they're being affected by something that's outside of our existence and they they think that they're mentally ill because of that. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> no, I mean, how <laughs> yeah, I many things you read or you watch or it's like, you know, is the mentally ill or really mentally ill or are they are being affected by something else or is their mental illness being escalated by an outside by force? It, right. You don't know. Right. Yeah, well, Eric, um, since we are trying to keep this within an hour, is there anything else you want to keep Jordan on, or should we go into post-show after break here? Uh, let's go ahead and jump into post-show, unless, Jordan, you have anything else you want to share that we, we haven't talked about. No, I mean, I, like I said, I, I gave you guys stories on firehouses and my own mm-hmm. personal experiences. Uh, I'll keep you updated if I do go see you again. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't get that... trouble. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'll keep you guys updated on that one for sure. I will try to find that picture too. By the way, of the red eyes, that'd be that awesome. would be good. Yeah. I know the one guy. Yeah, I know the. I have the. I know the one guy who saw it and he took the picture. So I'm going to see if he still has it. He actually downloaded it on a jump drive. Oh, cool. So okay, I'm going to try to get it out of, out of that from him. Give it to you guys. But no, I appreciate everything and happy New Year and. <laughs> Hope everything's going well, and I'll see you guys next year. All right, Jordan. Thanks for being on the show. All right. All right, guys. Bye-bye. See ya. All right, folks. We're going to go to a quick quick break, and we'll be right back with Paratruth Radio. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo. And for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. Go away. Go. I, I got it. I got it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. There are spirits everywhere. Watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. Go away. I I got it. I got it. 
Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. Welcome back, guys. I hope you're all having a great time. This is, of course, Paratruth Radio, and it is our New Year's special edition, as it's we do every year. It's annual. Uh, yep. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And that was uh, Jordan, my brother-in-law, Jordan, that we just had on. He's an EMT and firefighter. Uh, he's been working over the last nine years. Uh, crazy stories, you know, uh, when, yeah. when we really break it down. Like, it, it's amazing. And that he's not the only one who's experiences it, uh, it in terms of the rest of his coworkers. Um, and this is this is something that we see on TV a lot, that we hear, through, you know, reading books about how first responders tend to have these experiences so often. Uh, and especially how they become so amplified during stressful situations like uh, a medical emergency that is literally a life and death situation. And it becomes even worse when that happens to lean towards the death side. Um, right. And, and it's horrible because, you know, it's a, it's a tough thing to, to deal with. I know Jordan struggles from time to time with uh, all the stuff that he's seen and has had to deal with. Uh, and it's a lot to burden Um for for any first responder uh, and there was there's been stories of you know police officers recently who a police officer who who got some got a small kid uh killed and he couldn't handle it and unfortunately he did what would be considered the unthinkable uh and he's no longer on this earth um and, and that's the type of toll that these things happen to take on some people um so you know I, I think just just from paratruth, you know, itself and from Justin and myself, uh, I think it's good to just say thank you to everyone who works as an EMT, firefighter, mm -hmm. police officer in the emergency rooms, the doctors for your service and for helping uh, the world be a little better place and a little safer uh, by doing what you do. Um, and we know that this new year is better and going to be easier for everyone knowing that you guys are out there uh doing what you do um right and so in, in regards to this paranormal everything uh, really it's it's really interesting like the red eyes thing for example because i've encountered red eyes in the past as well mm -hmm. um and and one story in particular was when i first kind of started going to this church nearby uh there's a woman who actually contacted you um right. and you ended up i think you gave me her number or something right um because yeah. she was seeing something in her house and it happened to be it happened to have red eyes and lived at the top of her stairs uh and i had multiple conversations with her and i remember the one night that I ended up having a prayer group, uh, like a prayer circle, pray over this woman um, and the situation. And one of my buddies saw a vision of this just monster, he said, with red eyes. It was all black with red eyes. And he didn't know that. I didn't tell him what it was or what it looked like. And it was really interesting to see that he had a vision of the thing that we were fighting against uh, without any prior knowledge. Um, and, and these red-eyed creatures, they tend to be pretty, pretty dark entities. They're they're not like this is a trick type creature. This is uh, red eyes tend to be pretty, most would say demonic, um, mm. or whatever it is. You know, it's a dangerous entity. Um, it, and what do you? I mean, have you seen shadow people? Um, right. Yeah. What do you th What do you think about this whole shadow people thing? Like happening so often lately uh i think we hear more and more stories of shadow people um over the last um, year than we have in the last uh several years really i mean i guess it just really depends on what they really are i mean mm. we've heard the the several different theories now of you know maybe they're interdimensional 
beings that are trying to interact with us. Maybe they're um, demons that are manifesting in shadows. Maybe they're ghosts that are manifesting in shadows. Um, I've even heard the theory that um, it, it could be time travelers leaping into mm-hmm. our time frame and you know not wanting to be seen. Um, to, to be honest, and this is me jumping on the skeptical side of things. Um, there is so much saturation right now in the paranormal that I, I honestly feel that people are seeing more than is actually happening. Um, mm-hmm. the, the lack of proof, which it's very rare that you will have somebody who says that they saw a shadow person actually flip out their phone and get a picture, snap a picture right away or in time to capture this being, um, which is the oddest thing. We're so connected to our devices now. You would think that somebody would just automatically have their phone out. You, you, know, you would think, but it's it's also one of those things like when you have an experience that is paranormal, uh, you kind of forget about life in a way like you don't think oh my phone or oh you know my dog's barking you know you just think of what's happening in the moment and all you can think about is what the hell did i just see um and you know these shadow people they happen so quick in many ways you know they're 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 very rare unlike the forms that i've seen uh in which they're just standing there facing like looking you eye to eye in a way or face to face uh, most shadow people are quick little you know movements across the wall They're, they move very fast they peek around mm-hmm. corners and disappear um, so unless you have a camera constantly running at all times it is very difficult to see these these uh, shadow people unless uh, they happen to make themselves known to you and your camera um, willingly um, and I think that's the videos that we tend to have in regards to shadow people are usually the ones where, you know, somebody sees something and then they pull out the camera to go investigate and then it makes itself known again all of a sudden, uh, but then disappears. And those are the, the willing ones that are will, you know, willing to show themselves. But for the most part, they, they're shadow people. They lurk in the shadows for a reason, you know? Right. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that's, at least definitely in, interesting and right. especially for him to experience them um, a couple of days after a, an event where somebody has passed away um, is actually even more interesting because like it makes you wonder why are they appearing after the fact? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's again, one of those um, almost like a residual type of energy you know it's what i was saying earlier on in the show is for someone like like jordan who's so close to such a traumatic experience um that experience being negative in and of itself um generates so much energy it's you know i mean when you think about it this way uh, when, when the scripture says to be out of the bodies, to be in the presence of God, or we just have the idea that when you die, your soul is immediately pulled out of your body. You know, your your spirit is just, you know, no longer in the body. It's just, you know, mm. it's like as soon as someone passes away, um, it's like there's a rip in time and space. And there's this other world that is suddenly um, meshing um, and intertwining with ours, uh, and things cross in between that that portal, that that line, um, and whatever's around is going to have energy, right? So you know, if Jordan's on scene and whoever he, he's working with is on scene, they have energy, a life force. We all know that uh, based on the theory of the paranormal, ghosts thrive and live, quote unquote live that's an ironic word to use but you know a ghost 
basically uses the energy from anything that's living or powered. So whether that be a person or a battery operated device or, you know, anything that's electronic, uh, it might see that and be like, okay, I'm going to stick around here because I have more power. I feel more alive by uh, staying around these people for a while. And that's where we end up getting these, these weird hauntings, these shadow people that are showing up. Um, and that could be the reason why it could also just be that, again, that tear, you know, you, you, you see something that you really shouldn't have to see or be seeing. And that alone creates an experience that is more of a ripple effect. You know, it's like, okay, this is life and death and this is what happens on the other side. And that generates a small ripple that continues on until it fades away down the line, which it does eventually, usually, um, I don't know. There's so many weird theories about it that we can get into. Um, and, I, and there's just so much more research that needs to be done to really better understand right. this type of phenomenon. Right. But we're, I, I, we're just not there yet for, for legitimate answers, I don't think. Agreed. Yeah. I, I think somewhere in the very near future, we'll have at least somewhat of a little more understanding. Not much, but some. Um, but yeah. I think that's a good place to kind of wrap it up. Um, kind of a different episode for our New Year's episode. Usually we're kind of free-balling it on our New Year's episodes. But uh, I think it was a good good way to end the year it is on a uh, kind of a more normal Paratruth Radio um, episode, if you will, because we have not done really any interviews in the past year or so a little bit more than that even um but uh yeah tell me you guys what you think and uh tell us what you think and i actually did have a quick um thing to go through because we did get a response from do you remember the eternal glow that we talked about with the vampire uh international vampire um he Mm -hmm. responded to our Christmas episode and uh, I, I told him you know make sure you check it out because we do respond to you and he said thank you for the responding never got into Vampire Diaries responding to what you had mentioned about um, and the Vampire Dimension um, think I heard the interdimensional vampires response good advice probably I'll try it uh, thanks very much so he did actually respond back to us after hearing our response. So Eternal Glow, thank you so much for uh, actually just reaching out to us because we do love lis- uh, responding to our listeners and giving advice. And that's what we're here for. I mean, we're doing a show not just for us, but for our listeners as well. Um, so if anybody wants to reach out and you need some type of advice or help or want to know our theories on something, uh, you definitely can reach out to us by commenting, emailing us, um, newlanternmedia1 at gmail.com. That's the most common response right now, or uh, email right now for all the shows on uh, New Lantern Media. Um, but uh, Eric, did you have anything else before we head out? Yeah, actually, since you brought it up, it's, it's kind of interesting because you brought up the, uh, the, the uh, interdimensional vampire and the other day I met with a woman who actually listened to our um, psychic vampire episode that we did a couple years ago. And she was really interested in that because she had never really heard about the psychic vampire before. Um, and so it really opened up a lot of questions for her and things that she was asking me and we were talking about in regards to you know what a psychic vampire is and how real it suddenly became to her that there are indeed vampires that exist in our world today but that they may not exactly be what history or what more likely mythology tells us that vampires are. And I just find it really interesting, you know, like meeting somebody who, who I met online and, you know, again, we, we met up and we talked, we're talking and to find that, you know, she listened to this episode when she found out that we had a show and that it spoke to her in a way where she realized, wow, you know, she's a logical thinker and vampires don't exist. And now all of a sudden, they actually do exist, just not in the way that she ever thought was possible. Um, and that it's something that she herself has actually experienced. You know, those individual people uh, who happen to be these negative draws on our energy. You know, the type of people that we need to 
push away and out of our lives because there's so much drama. Um, and I just thought that was really interesting. I wanted to share that because, again, it's just one of those things that I think is really cool uh, with our show, with Paratruth Radio, uh, that we're able to open people up to these experiences, these ideas. Um, and I'm not saying that we go out of our way. This isn't something that we do to try to convince people to change people's mind, but just something to get you thinking and get you questioning. And if that leads to maybe uh, a new thought or a new idea or a new belief, fine. You know, that's cool. That's great. Uh, I think it's something that you, you should learn about. Um, and if not, we'd love to just hear your own thoughts on it, um, as Justin has said. Uh, so definitely keep reaching out to us because we, we love the feedback, positive or negative, um, and especially anything that's going to get us asking questions ourselves. So if there is something that you think we're, we're, that we talk about where you think maybe we're wrong about something or you, you have an alternative theory about something, mm-hmm. we would love to think about it ourselves. We, we, want, we want those questions uh, raised in our minds because that makes us better investigators. Uh, and uh, I think that makes our show stronger overall, especially when we can present those same questions to our listeners. So, right. Other well, than that, and this person know, that you were I, talking about, it came from like a scientific, logical perspective, right? Right, right. Uh, she considers herself spiritual, uh, it, it, which is something we talked about because it's just weird to me that someone is psych, uh, science and logical based, but yet spiritual. Um, and, and not that it's not possible. Obviously, we know people who are. Um, but it was just weird mm-hmm. to me having some conversations with her regarding... Um, various energy material like crystals um salt included um feathers and different essences uh like white sage um and how she has not necessarily a belief in any of those items but yet has considered and have in the past used some of them to try to release (laughs) negative energies that's um, actually kind of interesting really weird to me yeah you know that's actually something Um, different yeah so, but anyway, it, it really cool. It was a great conversation. Uh, she was really cool. Uh, and, and I think what's really great about our show and our listeners is that everyone that we've come across and have met, uh, at least over the last since Paratruth, um, has been really cool. Um, I know we've had some crazy stuff with Night Stalkers, and I know I had some crazy experiences <laughs> uh, with Forgotten Truth, uh, with some very negative people, but... Yeah. It's been great. So thank you guys for for providing us with another great year uh, of 2019. Uh, we hope that we're able to serve you guys well with all of the things, all the content that we bring you. And we hope to bring you greater content in the near future of 2020. Uh, so hopefully we can do that. And again, reach out to us if you have any thoughts, ideas, comments, questions, uh, anything that will lead us to better our show and bring you more information, uh, more research. Uh, we'd love to do that because we absolutely love this research-based stuff. Um, other than that, I hope every had, everyone had a great Christmas. So Merry Christmas once again. And, of course, Happy New Year. We will see you again in 2020. All right, folks. So a lot of great things coming up in 2020 for not just Paratruth Radio, but New Lantern Media. Uh, We've got some really good ideas, some new things coming up. So keep in tune to that. Um, I know Eric wants to jump into something similar to all the hats again with either another co-host or maybe doing a show himself. Um, So a lot of great things coming up and yeah, just stay tuned. So until next time, folks, where you'll hear us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace.
History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.